Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime on your desktop or your mobile device. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, the game starts here. Happy pitchers and catchers report to spring training eve, you guys. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros. With your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Here's Bulky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 103 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Bulky. Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow, guys. Tomorrow. Are you ready? Woo, I'm definitely getting ready. Um, first, a programming note. So for over a year and a half, or nearly a year and a half, I've co-hosted the show with Jeff Blum. But this year, that's going to change. <clears throat> I love Blummer to death. He was someone I'd never met until this show. He's become a friend. He's a genuinely excellent human being. If you've never met him, just a wonderful person. But he's also one of the busiest people that I've ever met. And doing a weekly, sometimes more than weekly podcast ain't easy. So he let me know earlier, uh, just about a month ago, that he wasn't going to have the bandwidth to keep doing this show into this season. I completely respect his decision. Um, I'm sorry to see him go. I look, Blummer and I get along great. Uh, we share a lot of things in common in terms of our likes and dislikes. Uh, he's obviously a wonderfully funny guy, super insightful uh, you know, as a as a former player and as an analyst, um, he's also an excellent color commentator. So it, it's it stinks. I don't like having to make this announcement. Um, and but it is what it is. I completely understand and respect what he does in his job. Let's be let's be frank. I mean, this is one of the busier guys you'll ever meet. And I'm not just talking about out on the golf course. Uh, Blummer is uh, a wonderful, wonderful guy. I really value the time that we were able to work together. Um, <clears throat> and he is going to come visit from time to time. He and I have already talked about that. I mean, where else are we going to publicly share our quotes of, from wedding crashers? Because let's be honest, when it comes to Blummer, every once in a while you need one of these. Hey, Ma! Get the meatloaf! Or perhaps something like this. There's no sun in the gym, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, Blummer's going to be back on occasion to do this, but he will not be a full-time co-host any longer. I really want to thank him for his contributions to the podcast. When, when I first found out that Blum was going to be my partner on here, uh, I was elated. <clears throat> um, you couldn't ask for a much better choice. The, the people of Believe Network are, are really, really great people who've done a tremendous amount uh, to help me uh, in this, my real kind of first endeavor at podcasting. Um, 
And when they, you know, they're, the whole network is about pairing writers and broadcasters and people like that with former athletes, uh, coaches, that sort of thing. And when they came to me and said, hey, we're going to find somebody for you, and they said it was going to be Jeff Blum, I mean, I couldn't have felt much happier about that. So it's, it stings that he's going to not be here. I'm not, I'm not super thrilled about it, but I totally get it. And look, the show's going to go on. Let me just be clear. I love doing this podcast. I love talking about the Astros. I love interacting with you guys uh, when it comes to talking about the Astros. <clears throat> you know, my speech teacher in college were, uh, nicked him, nicknamed me Glib because I was able to talk about anything at any time fairly easily. Um, that's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, it can be a very annoying thing. I'm certain. But the truth of the matter is, is I love doing this. I love talking about the Astros with you guys. I love it that you comment and, and share. So I am efforting to, to work in a new co-host. We're going to be working on that. I hope to have someone in place by the time the season starts, if not sooner. Um, and in the meantime, I'm going to have some friends, some colleagues, some other people around the sports world on the show, particularly during spring training, to get some of that deeper insight, stuff that I might not be able to provide. And I really appreciate all of you for sticking around and staying with me. <clears throat> Listen, uh this is a podcast I feel very strongly about. It's something I really, really enjoy doing, as I've mentioned. And I and I think it offers something. And I hope to get more people on to offer you guys even more interesting stuff. Because you guys deserve it. We're Astros fans. Like, come on. We're Astros fans. We got to stick together. I feel like those, those TikToks, like, we're Astros fans. Of course, blah, blah, blah. No. Anyway, I will have to get a new intro, by the way. Which, you know, that's a pretty powerful intro. You guys got to admit, that intro is pretty pretty strong, but I'll be working on that as well. Anyway, once we get a new host, I will be sure to uh, announce it to everyone. For now, just keep following, keep watching. We're going to have some good people on here, and I intend to this year ramp up the guest work as well. I really do want to have more guests on, you know, regardless of who will come on and join me uh, as a co-host. So, with all that out of the way, again, Blum, love you. I'm sorry you're not going to be here anymore this year, but I'm I'm really glad that he's still going to be stopping by and we'll still get chances to chat. For now, let's talk about some more important things in the world of sports. First of all, I am wearing a Taylor Swift hoodie today. This is not really an honor of the Chiefs winning, although I did pick the Chiefs. And I, as I said last time, I don't care if people don't like Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's relationship or any of that. I think it's kind of adorable. <clears throat> I'm wearing this because it's cold. And this is literally one of the warmest hoodies I have. This was a gift from my goddaughter and her mother on my birthday last year. Shout out Sarah and Mary. Mary, the goddaughter, Sarah, her mom. And I love it. It's super warm. It's super comfortable. I will admit that there are times when I'm at the store when I'm wearing this like hoodie that's covered in Taylor Swift photos, I do get some strange looks. But you know what? Keep that stuff to yourself. I'm not really a Swifty. Like, you know, I'm just not. But I love the hoodie. And I don't dislike Taylor or Travis or hashtag trailer. That didn't sound right. All right, moving on. Let's get on to some actual sports talk and not just... Uh, ephemeral things. This morning, I have a story on the Houston Press. Uh, 
that is five storylines that I'm watching in spring training. It might, I thought it might be a good chance to discuss some of these because I really do think there's some very interesting storylines this time around. Um, <clears throat> ironically, the Houston Chronicle wrote a story this morning called Five Storylines in Astros Spring Training. It's kind of weird. I mean, we don't know each other, so I'm sure it's just the time of year. And theirs were different from mine. You should go read that as well. All interesting stuff. Okay. So the first one up out of these five is Forrest Whitley's bullpen opportunity. So I think this might be one of the more intriguing storylines of the Astros this year. Look, Forrest Whitley, who is 26 years old, but seems like he might be 40, given how long we've been waiting for him. Former number one prospect, eventually dropped off the prospects list. He's been suspended. <clears throat> he uh, has struggled with injury. But this offseason, the Astros kind of committed that, hey, this time we're going to put him in the bullpen. Dana Brown has spoken very highly about Whitley. Whitley himself has said that, you know, he's he really is excited about adapting to this role. One thing I will say, look, Dana Brown is has a track record of seeing things in guys, right? Uh, and I think this might be one of them. Look, Whitley... He's he's got good stuff. His biggest problem has really been his ability to pitch for extended innings. Maybe this is a chance to give him new life. And I think it's a fascinating thing to watch because listen, do the Astros need Forrest Whitley in their bullpen? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, their Astros are going to be pretty stacked, I think, once the the trim down of the starting rotation happens, which is going to, because they got seven guys uh, that could start and never mind Spencer or Getty, which I'll, who I'll get to. Um, they probably don't need him there, but if Forrest Whitley comes out and becomes a good relief pitcher, a solid relief, middle relief guy, I mean, that's a huge win for the Astros. <clears throat> As a, my friend uh, Katya told me, you know, she goes, you never count on Forrest Whitley to be anything. And I agree with that 100%. But listen, it's, it's an intriguing thing to check out and to watch because if he is good and he is able to make the most of those opportunities that he gets in the bullpen, look, he was, there was a reason he was a number one prospect at one point. And he still has very good stuff. So that's that's my first one that I think is going to be real interesting to watch. The second for me <clears throat> is sorting out what's going to happen in the outfield. Kyle Tucker is going to play right field, but after that, we don't really know, right? We know that Jordan Alvarez is going to get some time in left, but I think that Joe Espada and Dana Brown have both been pretty clear that they want to give guys some rest this year. They don't want to run guys out there every single game either moving them into the DH spot for a game or just giving them the day off. Uh, they did schedule days off last year, but I think it's going to, I think we'll see more pronounced numbers of those this year. Um, just simply because they have a couple of guys who are older or injury prone. And I think they're going to be careful with that. And rightfully so. <clears throat> so that leaves you with a rotation of a number of different guys. Now, as we understand it, it is likely that Chaz McCormick is going to pick up the bulk of the time in both left and center field, right? So he'll play left field when Jordan is DHing. He'll probably play center a lot of the time when Jordan is in left. 
He might occasionally DH as well. <clears throat> Chaz McCormick's one of the few guys that had over an 800 OPS last year for the Astros. They're going to give him a chance to swing the bat, and he's a good defensive player. I think he'll be a very good defensive left fielder, right? Um, and that means that they're going to play Jake Myers a lot in center. I'm I look Myers is a plus plus defender in center field. I don't think any there's any question of that. Now that his arm is sort of finally working again, there's no question he's one of the, he could be one of the better defensive center fielders in the American League. But he has never hit, right? He's never hit for power for average. He did at AAA one season a couple of years ago and Dana Brown pointed this out in a recent interview. But I just don't know if we can trust that. They're going to give him a shot. They're going to give him every every shot to win that that spot in center field because they really do believe in his defense. But I don't know. It's going to be tough. <clears throat> he will likely bat ninth, right, in the lineup. And until he pulls, you know, until we can see that he can pull his weight at the plate, I'm not convinced. A couple other guys to watch out there. Mauricio Dubon. We'll obviously get some time in center field. They've said that. he's They're going to move him all over the place, and I think it, reasonably so. Um, gold glove utility guy, so why not? They also signed Trey Cabbage. I think he's going to provide some depth out there. Cabbage is an interesting one because he's a left-handed bat, something the Astros don't really have. You know, they uh, <clears throat> Michael Brantley was an option there before when, when he wasn't injured. But then there are a couple other guys to keep an eye on. One is Pedro Leon. Now, we talked a lot about Pedro Leon before last uh, spring training. And we thought he was going to be the big guy coming out. Really turned out to be Einer Diaz was the guy that really kind of became the the name we talked about. But <clears throat> in terms of in terms of Pedro Leon, he's been mashing over the winter. He had some injury problems. Um, too many strikeouts in AAA. He has an opportunity to come in and perhaps, you know, make a mark. Uh, I hope he does. It would be fantastic if he did. Um, and then you also have a guy, Kennedy Corona. So Corona's real interesting. Played last spring, actually played pretty well. He's a sneaky guy to watch. Very good defensively. Brian McTaggart mentioned him as a guy to kind of keep an eye on under the radar uh, as someone who could work into that outfield mix. Um, so they have some guys that that are going to, you know, I'm very interested to see if Trey Cabbage plays well. He's a guy that came up to the majors, didn't play particularly well, but he's been so good in the minors um, <clears throat> and has a lot of pop from the left side. So we shall see. Next on this list of storylines, can anyone back up at the corner infield spots? This doesn't seem like it should be a big deal, right? I mean, Alex Bregman is in his free agent year. He, You know he's going to want to come out and play well. You've got uh, Jose Abreu at first, but they're going to want to give Jose Abreu some time off. There's no question about it. They're going to look to rest guys. But the Astros don't really have anyone backing up either corner out, uh, infield position. I mean, last year, it was Yiner Diaz playing some first. Mauricio Dubon got a couple of uh, opportunities over there. Um and then they had John, they brought John Singleton in towards the end of the season. He's still on the roster. They're not going to put Yiner over there, given that he's the starting catcher, you know. Uh, and I just, John Singleton, you know, good story last year. I just don't see it. 
But you also have to deal with the fact that what if Bregman's out? How do you account for, you know, third base? Who do you put over there? Um, so there are a couple of guys. I've talked about them here a little bit uh, when we talked about prospects. One of them is Joey Loperfito. This is a guy who's he plays a credible first base, second base plays outfield, but he's definitely can play corner and field. And he is uh, Loperfito is a left-handed bat. He had a 900 OPS with 19 homers in 84 games at Corpus Christi last year. Played a, a brief stint uh, at Sugarland, I think 20 or 30 games. Uh, this is a guy that could sneak in as someone who maybe he's not up the whole season, maybe come an entry call up, but that's a guy to keep an eye out for. The other is Zach Dezenzo, and I've mentioned him before. Dezenzo's, I mean, he's really spent most of his time at AA last year. He's going to need a little more time at AAA, but he is really the only guy uh, who is a credible third baseman the Astros have in their system, right? Will Wagner's played a little third, but he doesn't have the arm strength for it. Dezenzo's a legitimate possibility at third base. That's the only reason I could see him getting some time up here is just if, look, if they can't negotiate an extension for Bregman, they're going to have to start thinking about it and they're going to have to start giving guys some time. Um, so maybe a September call up or maybe an injury call up, but these are a couple of guys to kind of keep an eye on. They're both going to be in, in spring training. It should be interesting to watch them. My number four on this list Clearing up the starting pitching log jam. Listen, the Astros have seven pitchers right now who are healthy, who are starters. Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Jose Arquiti, Hunter Brown, J.P. France. Sorry, that's six. They have six guys. So that doesn't even, and, and I'll mention the seventh here in a minute. That doesn't even include Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers. Wait, where am I at? Six, seven, eight who now just a report today saying that they should be up about halfway through the season. So now they may do a six man rotation at times. I think they may want to rest Justin Verlander. Part of that whole plan to sort of keep guys fresh. Um, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be five starters and that means somebody is going to have to go down to the bullpen. I guess you could move France back down to triple a, although he's proven his medal here. Maybe your Keedy goes into the bullpen. He's pitched out of the bullpen before. Um, so I think those are possibilities. But, and this is my number five storyline, will a rookie emerge and make the big league roster? And the guy that I think everybody should be watching is Spencer Aragetti. Aragetti is a very talented young pitcher. He pitched well in the minors, particularly at AA, but also at AAA. He did well. He is a guy that looks like he is. it's time for him to come up. Now, he's still a rookie. He's not going to pitch, you know, 150 or 160 innings probably. Um, so, you are you know, he's going to a guy that can come in and out. But he's a starter. I'm not sure the Astros are going to throw him in the bullpen because I'm not sure the Astros think it's a good idea to put him in the bullpen, right? Because if you put a guy like that in the bullpen who's never really pitched in the bullpen before, I can see that being a concern for them. It's an, but that's a guy to watch. So a few prospects to watch in DeZenzo, Loperfito, Kennedy Corona, Spencer Arigetti, Pedro Leon. There's some good prospects to watch. But also, you know, we've got some guys that are, you know, there's a bunch of guys bouncing around this bullpen. And I'll, I'll probably talk a little bit more about that next week. 
but you know, you've got some guys that are going to be, you know, Dylan Coleman's brand new, you know, you've got a, a number of guys that are going to come in this bullpen and they're going to try and straighten out what they're going to do in innings, you know, five and six, maybe four, hopefully not. We don't have to go that long. Hopefully we get good pitching, starting pitching, go four or five. In- you get five innings out of a guy. Then you really just need a six inning. Then you've got seven. We've got seven, eight, nine locked down right now. So, we're going to have to start seeing who are those guys going to be. So that bullpen will be a very interesting spot. And like I said, I don't think Arigetti goes down there. Your Keaton might, though. I think those are those are those are my five storylines. I think I'd love to hear from you what you think some of the storylines are going to be uh, this year because I think I think it's going to be pretty fascinating to watch uh, this spring training. Even though so much of the lineup is already set, right? Um, in fact, Major League Baseball actually put out this morning, I saw in their newsletter, their lineups, uh, projected lineups for every team. Uh, and they have Hunter Brown at the fifth starter with your Kitty at number four. No JP France in that starting rotation. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that assessment. Speaking of that, let's move on. A couple of notes from some things I've seen this week. MLB listed their favorites and underdogs for the Cy Young this year. No Astros on the list. Not really surprising. I think Christian Javier was an underdog last year. Um, it's a, This is a rotation that's going to be difficult to predict. Uh, Verlander, who I would never count out, but he's 41. Framber Valdez had such an up-and-down uh, year last year. Who can say what we're going to get from Framber? I think you know, my father-in-law is a huge baseball guy. He told me last night that he thinks that Fromber's a key to this rotation. He might be. Uh, I think, the, to me, the, the the biggest keys in the rotation are going to be the longevity of Christian uh, Javier and Hunter Brown. Like, Can they go this year now, can they go 160-plus innings <clears throat> without wearing down, right? Um, I think that's going to be critical for the Astros to be able to get through all this season and, and, and because they, when they, when their pitching is on, they're very, very good, right? They're very, very good. And, and speaking of Hunter Brown, the athletic did a story uh, this morning that their list of 10 MLB players ready to explode, which they did. These are uh, guys in the field. They didn't mention any Astros, which I kind of feel like maybe Yiner should have been on that list, but, uh, but, they did say that Hunter Brown was on their list of pitchers that are ready to break out this season. And I think I agree with them on that. Look, Hunter Brown has all of the tools. And last year was the first year that he really had to go a boatload of innings. Um, and look, he struggled at times, but this is a guy who has all the tools. He has, you know, he has all the talent to be able to do it. He's just got to get to the point where he has the longevity to make this happen. And, you know, all reports are that he, both he and Javier have spent most of the offseason working on strength that will, you know, strength training that will keep them healthy and keep them in a, you know, good performance uh, shape throughout the season. And I think that's really, that's critical. It is super critical for them. I think those two guys, look, they, they have some other options with JP France and your Kitty and like on and on, but they really do need those two guys uh, to be able to pitch long, you know, 
plenty of innings. And so, you know, when you look at the young pitchers, they have on their list five young pitchers. Um, you know, this this is and they they this this is really interesting how they describe it. it. Says the story on Brown is that he had his great stuff but can't locate the ball. So his first first full season, he went out there, his stuff receded while he threw to above average locations, right? So, and he even said that his mechanics began to change due to fatigue, right? So the thing is. Now all he needs to do, and I, I say all, it's like as if it's easy, like whoop, da, 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 bing, 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 bang, boom, everything's good. Um, <laughs> what he needs to do now is marry that location effort, the effort that he spent focused on location with the the act with the with the tremendous stuff that he has as a pitcher. And like I said, it's not easy to do, but if he is able to do that, and really this is his, this I mean, it's not his third season. It's really his set two and a half, let's say. But if he's able to do that this year, maintain that control that he was able to do last year, but incorporate, you know, higher velocities and, and better spin rate and things like that, he's going to be a very difficult pitcher to hit. And so I'm looking forward to, to watching him this year. And I, I, I think kind of the sky's the limit. I know I've seen in prospect lists where people rank him as like saying, oh, he'll be a good third or fourth starter. Look, I think he could be, I'm not sure he's an ace on your list, you know, on your, on your rotation, but could he be, a, I think his, for him, the ceiling is a top two or three pitcher in this league. I think it's, I think it's legitimate to believe that. So we'll see this year. We'll totally see how it goes. Okay, finally, you on YouTube, we're getting great comments on YouTube lately, you guys. I really appreciate that. I think Gabe, I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong, Lahaya, L-E-I-J-A, he has a really good question. And his question was, any chance Space City Network is going to be available on more platforms this season? So I, the Astros and Rockets moved over to Space City Home Network uh, this last year. Um and I think it is a priority for them to get onto other platforms, streaming platforms in particular. <clears throat> but it takes a while to put apps together. You know, this is I, I actually work in that in that industry, in the web development industry. So it's it's a slow process. But I think a more interesting thing to talk about is how baseball now is very, very interested in getting into the streaming market. And hey, why not? Right? Why wouldn't they be? I mean, it, it's just. A, I mean, Rob Manfred is has been wanting, and Rob Manfred. But anyway, Rob Manfred has been wanting to do this for a while, right? This is a high priority for him. And of course, we just saw these streaming deals with like Amazon and coming in, and you know, and we've already seen some stuff with Apple. Um, I think they want to go beyond MLB TV. They're already saying they could roll something out in 2025. There was a story in The Athletic about this. By the way, Athletic has a new media reporter, so I think we're going to get more stuff about you know uh, what's happening on that front. Um, but The Athletic talked about it and said they want to roll something out for 2025, something that would provide some streaming options, maybe not for every team, although they did say the Astros would be a really good candidate for this because they ha own their own sort of Net, you know, regional sports network uh, with the Rockets. And if they were able to do that, they could maybe get rid of the blackouts, which is a huge deal for so many people who want to watch a baseball game but can't because they're blacked out, right? Um, so I think 
that this I, I was skeptical. I felt like streaming and baseball wasn't going to be something that could be done quickly. But I think the higher ups at baseball are making it a priority, as they should. And um, I think it could come sooner rather than later. Like, I think we could see some version of the beginnings of streaming, whether it's through an existing service like Amazon or whoever to Netflix or whoever wants to spend boatloads of money. I think we could see um, a movement towards that as early as next season. Dude, that's exciting. Like, you know, think about the ability to, uh, you know, watch from your computer without a cable subscription, right? I mean, look, the only thing that has kept me from being a cord cutter is the fact that, well, quite frankly, I can't watch the Astros or the Rockets (laughs) without a cord. And um, so... It, it, look, all due respect to Xfinity or, you know, is, which is my provider. Would I keep cable TV if I could get rid of it? I don't know. Now, r- right now, of course, we're in the midst of this insane thing. where, like now instead of one cable provider that's like really, really expensive. We have like 20 streaming services that are all like put together or more expensive than a cable deal. Um, so that's all going to have to, sh- you know, shake out at some point. Um, but I do think maybe now the streaming reality for, for Major League Baseball is that it's coming. Maybe it's coming, you guys. I don't know. I hope it is. Uh, I hope it is because I think it's going to be great for – I think it would be great for baseball, and I think it would be great – most importantly, it would be great for fans. And I'm f- for whatever is great for fans because I'm a fan. and That means it's good for me. And let's be honest, if it's good for me – I'm going to be pretty happy about it. I hate to be selfish like that, but that's the way it is. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining. We'll be back next week with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. I'm, I'm going to effort to have a co-host on with me next week, uh, even if it's not a permanent person. I've got a few irons in the fire with that regard uh, or a guest or two. You can find us uh, on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, of course, on YouTube. You guys have been leaving great comments on YouTube. Really appreciate it, uh, watching and and uh, subscribing and and giving us comments. Uh, you can give us a follow on X at Believe in Astros. Um, you can find me at Jeff Balky. I'm all over social media with that. Um, and you can also read my stuff on the Houston Press. And you can catch me Monday mornings on Houston Matters locally here, uh, KUHF, uh, 88.7 FM. You can find it online, I think, at uh, HoustonPublicMedia.org, I believe. Um, I'll have, you know, obviously be putting up all these, the videos of this as well. Oh, and I'm, we're, I'm on Instagram, Believe in Astros and at Jeff Falky. So thank you for everyone who listens. I really do appreciate it. Um, obviously, continue to send your questions. I think they're fascinating and they really do add uh, to the show and they add to my enjoyment of it. And again, my enjoyment is really kind of what's important here because I'm a fan and uh, like you fans are what's important. Let's be honest without the fans. Where would we be? I don't mean fans of this show. I mean, fans of the Astros fans of this show. Listen, I'm glad for all. I'm happy to have all of you here uh, and I hope you'll stick with me. So thank you so much for listening. Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. It's Valentine's day. I love you to my wife, Kathy, whose birthday was yesterday as well. And uh, you know, Let's get this going. I'm ready for spring training, you guys. As always, go Astros. Go Astros.